to another iTalk business with uh, Tui. Um, I, I was about to say it's great to be joined by by an old friend. But but when I say old friend, I think just older that we've known each other for a while because you're nowhere near as old as I am, Scott. So let's <laughs> just get that one out of the way. Oh, I feel pretty old. <laughs> uh, programming does that to us. Programming does that to us. So, um, Scott, it's going to be news to a, to a lot of people, but uh, you are now working with uh, Midrange Dynamics. Um, so I think maybe a good place to start. Uh, do you want to just give people um, a quick blitz about who Midrange Dynamics are in case they haven't come across them? Absolutely. So Midrange Dynamics, the company, and I don't, I don't know the history real well. I'm still new with the company, but it's a company that has focused for many years in change management software. And they've got the MDCMS product, which I think everyone thinks of when they think of mid-range dynamics. It's it's a extremely feature-rich ch uh, change management software. Basically, you can do whatever you want to do. And um, so I was looking for a job that was more in that area because I think what's happening, what I see happening right now, the big change, the big shift in the world of programming is switching away from this sort of old model of programming where we the developers kind of write things and test them themselves and then put it in and then there's problems and i think we've we've kind of moved away from that to a more agile uh, devops based world of development and people are finding things like cicd really improves their productivity you push your changes into the change management software and it automatically deploys it to QA to have it tested. And then when QA approves it, it automatically deploys it into production, allowing you to get your changes in faster, allowing you to make smaller changes so that you're being more iterative in your build process. This is this is a huge change for the IBMI world because we're we're very used to doing things the way we've always done them. And so I thought this is what's really happening today in IT is this change. And I wanted to be a part of that new sort of wave of change. And so that was one of the things that brought me to Midrange Dynamics. And a happy coincidence as I became involved is that they also have a product working with REST APIs, which I'm already well known for. My open source HTTP API project has gotten a lot of people started with calling REST APIs. I've given a lot of presentations on how to provide them as well. And so this gives me the opportunity to get involved at that level and really help uh, with mid-range dynamics products, which are, they, are, they already have, they're already established products, and try to bring them forward as the, as the, you know, the industry keeps changing, we keep improving and stuff like that. Hmm. So the... Um... What, was there one particular thing, Scott, though, that sort of attracted you, one project, or was it just the the whole general area of, of what of what midrange dynamics are working on at the moment? What really attracted me was this change in the industry towards DevOps and CI/CD. And mm. I wanted to work somewhere where, where I would be working on that kind of a product. Cool. 
So the the REST API thing has been what I've been focusing on in the short term, and that is just this happened to be something that I was already good at, but that wasn't what attracted me at first. What attracted me at first was was getting involved in DevOps and CI/CD, a place mm-hmm. that has the, you know the the leading software for doing that for ILE programmers. So that was that was really what what really excited me to to get started. Yeah. So so uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about this about the uh, the the REST API because um, I know when we were chatting about this just a little bit earlier, um, everybody well a lot of people are envious of you anyway, Scott. They're about to get more envious, I think, uh, with this. So um, the, on, in your own words, I, I think is the best way to explain this. What, what what's going on at the moment with this? So what I am focusing on right now is a new version of MD REST for I, that's Midrange Dynamics REST API tool. And I'm I'm in a great position that I actually get to rewrite it and redesign it to the way that I want to do it, which is very exciting. So I I released HTTP API back in the early 2000s when all of this API stuff was brand new. People didn't really know how they were going to use it yet. And I put together what I thought was very flexible, very good at the time. But you know how it, we, we all can relate to this, I think, when you write programs and you go back and look at them years later and you know now after having had them in production and use, we all know that you look at that and you say, oh, I could have done this just so much better if I could do it over. Well, now I can do it over. <laughs> and that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm writing from the ground up a brand new API engine for providing APIs and a brand new API engine for consuming APIs that is done exactly the way that I think it should be done, taking into account my 20-some years of experience with this. And it has been just, it's just been really fun to be able to go in there and and do things all over the way that I think that they should be done. Mm. And let me me tell you about this because I'm very excited about it. If you've... The APIs today, REST APIs, basically they use what's called the Open API Specification, better known as Swagger, to describe their APIs and how they work. So with Midrange Dynamics, we can import your Swagger document and it will you know, bring it up on the screen, tell you what everything in it means, and then you're, you can adjust it or you can build a new Swagger document from your database, for example, or by hand if you really want to. And then it will generate a program to use that swagger. So this is hugely productive because it's extremely flexible. You can make it do whatever you want to do. You can adjust it to your heart's content. And then once it generates the code, you can go in and code your business logic however you want to. And it's just extremely flexible and extremely easy. And you really only have to focus on the business logic though you can control everything if you want to. And with my new version of this, we're we're actually able to really beef things up from what we had before. So we had this idea before, but now I'm kind of fine tuning it. And what it's going to do is the code that it generates is just going to be super elegant. Mm-hmm. Um, what I like to say, it's generated Scott's way, the kind of code that I like to write and work with. So very elegant, easy to understand code, easy to maintain code. Um, using modern designs and so forth. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, we've 
we we tested it. So I, I put together my first prototype for it. And the guys that I'm working with at Midrange, they were they were skeptical that I knew what I was doing. So they they went and they tried it out and they benchmarked it versus the old one. And mine was 16 times the speed of the old one. <laughs> so if you're an existing customer of MD Respirai, um, look forward to this version because it's really going to improve your uh, your performance. Um, and so I'm very excited about it. We're also adding support for the COBOL language. And I've actually taken the time to write um, a set of sub-procedures that works like RPGs data into and data gen opcodes so that those features, which COBOL didn't have before, will be available to COBOL programmers. You'll be able to code up a data structure and generate a JSON document or an XML document from that. Uh, or, you know, the uh, uh, the other way around, receive a, a JSON or a, or an XML, and our code generator will actually generate the data structures for you, and it'll just read it into it. So your business logic is just working with those data structures. And, of course, RPG has had this as well, but now we are going to generate those structures for you, which makes it a lot easier. So this is this is very exciting and it'll work with any ILE language. Uh, COBOL and RPG is where we expect the most customers to adopt it, but you could do it in CL if you want to. Um, <laughs> it would be weird, but you could do it. So um, it's... I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just picturing doing, doing REST APIs in CL. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, why not? But, but well, it's, it's very hard to do the database part of it in CL, but you know, you can do it if you want to. And, and maybe there's some good uses for that. For example, to allow you to look up system information on a mobile device or something like that. You know, it might be easier to write something like that in CL. So, so I'm very excited about what, what we're doing right now. And uh, we're making great progress. Uh, like I said, my prototypes are all out there and people are testing them. We've got more to do, but the, you know, this is coming this spring and it's going to be very exciting. Yeah, no, this, the, 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 it's, um, uh, I, I'm just going to swing back around because I want to come back where, where we, where, when we started on this, right? Um, because I am really envious of you on this. The, 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 I think anybody, any programmer in existence to have that opportunity to revisit something that you did years ago. And, um, and, and especially for, for you, Scott, in an area where you are, I think, probably the recognized expert in the industry on IBM I on this, you know, and uh, and that. So so uh, and and to hear you speaking so um, still so passionately about it. Um, yeah, that's very I, exciting. And the, the world of cloud has really made APIs come to the forefront yeah. because so many people are moving applications off site on into internet machines while keeping things on premises as well and needing to combine them you know integrate them and so apis have become you know even though i started doing doing them more than 20 years ago and and they were very popular already back then they just they've really taken off and they've become a huge part of it today mm. so here i am able to redo things exactly the way that i want to do them um, and improve performance and improve code readability and just make things easier for the customer, which is I think is so important because I, I really believe when it comes to programming, you have fewer bugs if your code is easy to understand and easy to 
work with because people can make changes and they understand those changes and they aren't going to miss some silly little thing and cause things to go all haywire. So uh, I really believe in having the nicest sort of most elegant, clean code possible. And I'm very excited about, about the ability to bring that to MD rest for I and just really ramp up uh, what's already a good product, but really ramp it up um, to the point where I think it's going to be the best in the industry. And just so I understand this correctly then, Scott, so basically what you're saying is that within the product, all of what would be the um, sort of the the rest handling part is just simply generated from a Swagger document. Most of the rest handling is happen is happening in a service program that I'm writing, and we'll have we'll have we'll still have the the code for the old versions as well, so that your existing programs will still work. Um, but that's where most of the logic is. But things like if you've worked with data into or data gen, you know that what you do is you code a data structure in your code, and you use data into then to bring your document that's coming in from the from the API and put it in a data structure. And then later you take data gen and you take your, your data structure and convert it back to a document. So what this will do is generate that code for you so that it will generate those data structures for you and it will put all the logic to make it send out to our service program that makes it into an API and receive it from our service program. And all the other odds and ends that you might need to do beyond the data structure stuff will be will be coded for you as examples, and you can go in, of course, and modify it to your heart's content, add your business logic into it. Cool. Absolutely cool. Um, so I don't know, uh, as usual, whenever I end up talking to you, I end up being jealous, Scott, you know, of, of the stuff that you're working on. So, um, so, so please, for me, enjoy it. <laughs> Keep enjoying it. I will enjoy it. So, um, so any, any idea what you might be working on after this? At the moment? After this, mm. um, I have a lot of ideas of things that I would like to work on. Um, I would like to continue to work more with the change management software. Um, it already does all the DevOps things, CI, CD, and so forth. I would love to get more automated testing stuff built into it, but I mean, you can do that right now. You just have to, it, there's steps in the process where you, you can go in and say, I want to insert my tests here or what have you. But I would like to find ways to get that easier for the customer so that it kind of does more of that automatically. I, I don't really know at this point if that's what I'm going to end up doing, though, so I don't want to make promises. Oh, sure. But that that, that, is, uh, that is something that I would like to do. Yeah. Um, I would like to continue to enhance the REST APIs. Of course, there'll be a lot of uh, supporting that and so forth that's going to be necessary over time um, and continuing to add more features to that. So it's it's all a very, it's, you know, there's a lot of cool things that we can do. Cool. So listen, be, before we go, Scott, um, uh, I would like you to bring everybody up to date with what you've been doing and working on just over the last couple of days? Oh, the last couple of days, I've actually been on vacation from work because I am a mentor for my son's robotics team. So if you can imagine, the way this works is called FIRST Robotics. And the way that it works is every year, 
they announce a new game, a completely different game from any other year. And the students have to design and build a robot to play that game. And then it's like a sporting event. You compete with other schools. So I've been away. I've been down in Chicago at the Midwest Regional event where we were competing against 46 teams and their robots. Um, but I, I'm just so impressed because these are high school kids. And you think about it, they're given a game and they all sit down and brainstorm what kind of features should our robot have? And they sit down and design it. And they build the blueprints for it. They have machine shops where they build all the parts for the robot. Now, granted, there's sub-assemblies like motors and so forth that they purchase, but you know they designed and built the whole chassis for it. And they did all of the wiring. And um, I'm, of course, a mentor for the programming team, as you might expect. And so I've been teaching high school kids, some of which have never written code before, how to write code and how to make the robot do, but they decide what they want it to do. I just help them learn how to do that, how to make that a reality. And so we serve as advisors, we being the, the team of mentors, serve as advisors to the kids, but the kids kind of design and do everything and they build, you know, it's a it's a big robot that can move, you know, very quickly across a court. It lifts up cones and cubes and places them. The cones have to be placed on a pole. So if you can, if you imagine a traffic cone and how that's shaped, and you have to put set it on a pole, think of think of how would you make a robotic arm that can pick that up, extend out, and bring it down so that the the right side of the cone is going over the pole to make it sit on that. You know, it's easy to do that with your hands, but think about how you would build a machine to do that. And then it also has to be able to work with cubes, you know, square things that are placed on a, a shelf that looks, you know, looks very much like a like a like the stairs in your house or something like that. So it has to be placed on that in just the right spot in order to score points. Um, so it, if you think about this, and, and these aren't little things, and these aren't kits that you buy at the store, right? These robots are designed from the ground up by high school students, and they're big. Uh, powerful robots, and we've got sponsors from many different companies who work with robotics and engineering, or from factories that need, you know, need people with this expertise so that they'll yeah. bring students into it. And I, I'm just so proud of the kids, uh, so proud of the kids. So, yeah, when, when you were telling me about this last week, um, I was just thinking because initially when you said to me, uh, like, you know, oh, it's a robotics thing. Of course, I immediately thought robot wars, you know, you know those things that go and chop the heck out of each other. But as you know, I, I think, sorry, I had never heard of this uh, as a program being done and that. And I think it is just phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, so, so so you were down there. It was So was the competition this weekend? And if so, how, how did you guys do in it? How did the school do? Yeah, the competition was this weekend. We ended up. We ended up making it into the playoffs on the first on the top seeded team, and we we turned out in fifth place at the end. Hey, that's good. So that, out of that, out of forty six out of forty six hey. uh, robotics teams. So, well, well pretty, done. Excellent. Pretty good. I mean, obviously, we wanted to do higher. We wanted to come in first, yeah. you know. But but um, we we you know we did pretty well, and uh, some of the things that they that they were able to do that I'm just very proud of. For example. 
we had problems with the the surface that we were playing on because we don't have the actual surface from Chicago in our school to test with. We found that the the way that the robot drove on it wasn't the way we wanted it to be. So we ended up in an, uh, it was 15 minutes between matches. We ended up taking the whole wheel assemblies off of the robot, putting different ones on, changing the program code to use completely different motors and complete, a completely different way of doing our drivetrain. Um, all in 10 minutes, and then we had to have it reinspected by the judges to, you know, make sure we're not cheating and breaking any of the rules with our new setup because we're making a major change to it. And we were able to do all of the whole thing in 15 minutes and get us get out for the next match. So um, I'm just so proud of them, um, and and it was it was just so cool to see because as we had we had you know us we had thought about this possibility. We had designed multiple sets of code for different ways of driving the robot for this reason in case it came up we had all the spare wheels and gears and chains and motors available so that we could swap it out so to do all that in 15 minutes i'm just so proud of the kids to be able to do all yeah. this stuff so so if if they never go into robotics that they have a backup plan as a formula one pit team <laughs> that's and that's exactly what they call it they call it the pits where we yeah. were working so Okay, well, I think that is an excellent note to leave this on, Scott. Um, thank you uh, for your time, for taking the time to talk to me. And uh, I wish you all of the best, uh, both in your endeavors uh, with mid-range dynamics and in your future endeavors in robotics as, as well. So thank you, Scott. Thank you, Paul. It was great to talk to you again. Okay, so that's it for this iTalk, everyone. Um, keep tuned. Uh, there'll be more in the future, hopefully. See you all then.